1: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast brought to you by Coordination.com, hosted on JitteryMonkey.com, part of the JitteryMonkey family of podcasts. And uh, before we get going and uh, introduce the illustrious panel, I feel like I, I do a disservice to my uh, uh, fellow JitteryMonkey Monkey. Podcast baits and and don't often uh, put over their shows. So if you do like pro wrestling, make sure that you check out Kevin Huntsberger's My One Two Three Cents. The podcast drops every Monday morning, and it has for over two hundred straight Mondays. Uh, come rain or shine or snow or sleet or holidays, it doesn't matter. Uh, Kevin's got a new episode out for you every Monday morning, so check that out. If you like uh, pop culture, comic books, Star Wars, nerdy things like that, or beer, uh, make sure you check out my other podcast, which is Nerds United. And I say beer because this past Sunday afternoon, I actually recorded live from inside a brewery in my hometown. It was pretty cool, and it was better because they kept bringing me beer. So check that out. Nerds United. And if you're just looking for that dose of positivity or you like one hit wonders of all genres of music or you want to get to know, you know, uh, the happenings of other good people who are doing good things in the world, check out Positive Cynicism with Chad Smart. And uh, he has a different themed episode every week of the month. And uh, like I said, one hit wonders. His first one that he did was the safety dance. The safety dance, as we get to uh, uh, the rest of the the panel here, the the other voices that you're going to hear, the safety dance was the dance that John Damn Johnston used to seduce his wife back in uh, the year of our Lord, 1980, whatever. Uh, So with that being said, John Damn Johnston is here. Haas Reuter is here. Gentlemen, it is good to reconvene the council.
2: It is good to reconvene. It would have been better if it was coming on the heels of an exciting, upset victory in Columbus, Ohio. But we'll settle for the incremental improvement.
0: It, oh, my God. The safety dance was a, <laughs> whatever the hell our special teams was doing that entire game.
2: Our special teams are pretty special.
0: My God. I love how yeah, everything there's... can be brought back. I, I, think, I love you, John. <sighs> well, thank you. <laughs> I mean, my God, Caleb Lightburn, is, he's going to live the rest of his life having to be seeing that kickoff for over and over. I feel sorry for the guy. I really do. I mean, you go out and you're on national TV, and, I mean, it's two big-name teams. At least I think we're still a big-name team. Apparently there's a lot of people that disagree with that. But, uh, yeah, on national TV and you do that, I mean, my God, it's
2: just terrible. Is that the new, that's the new Jay Cotton fall down, isn't it? Oh, God. Yeah, 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 it is. Bring up that name around me.
1: I'm I'm sorry, Oz. Um, It's, the only reason I bring it up is because that's really all he's remembered for.
2: I remember him for a lot of bad, untimely penalties and (laughs) (laughs)
0: misassignments. It's the biggest thing he's probably known for. Okay. So last Saturday was just a whole game full of missed opportunities.
2: You know, and when we went down the score, when we went down the field to score on the opening drive and go up seven nothing, I was kind of the opinion like, hey, that great start. Let's do what we can do defensively. Then the botch kickoff, and we still hold them on downs. And at that point, I was still iffy on can we pull this thing off, and then forcing three straight turnovers, the defense finally showing some life, then the offense goes into the tank. And it was maddening, but at the same time, I wasn't all that upset after that game. If you would have told me before the season, hey, you're going to lose 36-31 to Ohio State. You're going to have a lead, 21-16 lead at halftime. I think everyone in the state of Nebraska would have said, okay, like it sucks to lose, but I mean, that... That was beyond my wildest dreams of what we could do against Ohio State in year one of Scott Frost.
0: It,
1: the, the, and we can dissect the game as much or as little as you guys want to. But my biggest takeaway from that was, and just the I think that was the game more than any game that we've seen, you know, this year. More so than the Minnesota win. Uh, you know, in Bethune-Cookman being Bethune-Cookman. But even in the loss, what I take away from that game is that's a game that puts the rest of the conference on notice of what is going to happen in the coming years.
2: Absolutely. And you saw Urban Meyer talk about that after the game where he said that's a 2-7 and seven team that nobody wants to play. And, you know, Adrian Martinez outplayed Dwayne Haskins in that game. Absolutely. A few Ohio State fans on social media, more than a few have been saying that. And going forward, you know, like Danny Cannell, the college football announcer, was saying on Twitter, you know, this is a team that's going to compete for conference championships soon, like next year, were his exact words. And so, that it sucks to lose. Like, I hate losing more than I like winning. But, man, when, when you consider that we start 0 6 and each week since the Michigan game, we've gotten a little bit better. Man, like, I I don't even know, like, I really how to say it other than I'll take the improvement and let's finish this thing out on a three-game win streak and go into the offseason.
0: Yeah, yeah. that'd be nice. I'd, I'd say, number one, we're still two and seven. Yeah. And number number two, Ohio State is a flawed team.
2: they they're still athletically superior to we. Are. Oh,
0: that's true and you know maybe they are the 10th best team in the nation i mean it looks like alabama took all of the players from everybody everywhere <laughs> for the history of freaking time
2: that team is downright scary
0: <laughs> yeah and you know i mean i don't know maybe, maybe well we could talk about that in a little bit but uh yeah i think ohio state their defense just isn't they're not the defensive they're okay This is my take on it. They're not the same team they used to be. They look like they're, we talked about this last week, that they have some mental problems. Either that or, I mean, the defensive line really didn't get a lot of push. Uh, I felt our offensive line held our own against them. That was kind of surprising. I mean, normally you see like a Bosa tearing up the backfield somewhere.
2: Very surprising. And that's also a testament to the offensive line getting better each week since the Michigan game as well. But I, I saw something in the week leading up to the Ohio State game that I was talking about, Nick Bosa, where Vegas odds makers, when they set the point spreads for Ohio State games, Nick Bosa by himself was worth one point, one and a half points above, of the point spread. Wins above replacement is what they call it. War. One and a half points for an edge rusher. I mean, that that's insane. And... What? I think I saw a few years ago when Amir Abdullah was still here that Vegas odds makers had Amir Abdullah as like a three and a half or four and a half point player for wins above replacement. So, you know, difference makers going into that consideration of what the point spread should be. But yeah, I mean, we really lucked out not having to deal with Nick Bosa in this game.
1: And we didn't talk about that last week uh, with uh, Paul, but you know, and, and you you got into some stats and some some Vegas stuff there, Hoss. But put yourself in that Columbus locker room, and one of the guys who's been you know battling with you for the last three or four years. You know, I know he's been injured. He says, Hey, ah, you know, I'm going to forego the rest of the season. I'm going to focus on the draft." What does that do to you mentally to lose your best defender? I granted, like I said, you know, he he may have been out for a few weeks with the the injury, or you know, I don't know the extent of the injury, but what does that do to you mentally? Uh, when he says, "Ah, you know what? This has been fun, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus on making money."
2: Well, you're happy for him, first off. I mean, if you're in a Division One college locker room, your goal is to get to the league, make some money doing what you love. But from a team standpoint, you're a little ticked off. I mean, that's a that's a huge piece of your team right there. After quarterbacks and you know offensive linemen, edge rushers, dominant pass rushers are worth their weight in gold. And that that can change the complexion of an entire game. It would have changed the complexion of the game against Ohio State that we just had if Absolutely.
0: Nick Wilson was out there.
2: Brennan Hymas is quietly having a really solid year at left tackle. Matt Farniok, a lot of people still crucify the kid, but he's turning it around at right tackle. But Nick Bosa would have eaten our offensive line alive, single-handedly. So when you lose a player like that inside your own locker room, you're thinking, wow, we're kind of going into a fight with one hand tied behind our back. And coaches can have the worn-out cliches and mantras of, well, next man up. Well, not a lot of people can do what Nick Bosa does. That's not really a next-man-up scenario. You saw what happened when Randy Gregory left Nebraska – we went from having a pass rush and a pretty good one at that to not having one at all. We haven't had one since then. So you're ticked, you know. You're, you're thinking, "Well, shit, how are we going to pressure the quarterback? They're leaky in coverage. This is not a, that was not a vintage Ohio State secondary." You know, usually they, you know, got four guys across the board who are going to be high draft picks in the NFL. So that that was a huge, huge thing in the game that was kind of overlooked.
0: Especially especially when you look at Ohio State. I mean, what's their season goal? Their season goal is to win the Big Ten, get into the playoff, and beat Michigan. Maybe not even in that order.
2: But, and to do you know, those things, you got to have a dominant-ass yeah,
0: Right. You know, and Nick Bosa says goodbye. We probably, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think you would be really just, yeah, horribly disappointed. I think it would take something out of you and, you know, but...
1: Was it? I, I go ahead. I, who was the the Big Ten linebacker? And I can't remember if it was Joey Bosa or was it the, the the kid from Wisconsin who got drafted and played maybe a year and then retired? He's like, you know what, my my mind and my body are too important. Was that was that Joey? Was, Bo-
2: Chris was Chris Borland? Was Chris Borland? All right, thank Wisconsin.
1: you, thank you. Uh, I couldn't remember. I mean, I, I understand that you know when when you're a, a football player at, at the high level, uh, I mean, technically, I guess you could say at any level, but you know, especially you know, at at you know, power five or, or NFL, your playing days are numbered, and so I get the the aspect of trying to make the most. You know, if you were if you know if you got a limited number of snaps in your body, I understand you're trying to cash in while you can. That's why you know, even even as a Steelers fan, I I, I understand. Le'Veon Bell's, you know, approach. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. You know, he's he's like, hey, you know, I am only have four or five more years. I need to make as much money as I can so that I can live comfortably, whatever it is. Um, so I, I get that to an extent, but man, like, like it, it just has to deflate, you know, your teammates when that might have been, it, it, as you said, Haas, it, it's one and a half point, uh, you know, uh, wins, uh, what is it? Wins against replacement or... Or something wins like that. above replacement. Wins above replacement I mean that it, at a program like Ohio State where you know up until and I if, if they take care of Michigan and if they you know win the conference championship then they have you know still a chance at, at the playoffs but their chances are so much better when Nick Bosa is in the lineup and so when when he says I oh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna essentially retire from college and get my body right for the for the combine and the draft and things like that uh, you know it 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 has to deflate or or dare i say even demoralize you know the the teammates
2: absolutely yeah you work all off season winter conditioning spring ball summer conditioning fall camp you work all off season to go chase down the white whale of a national championship and uh, one of your biggest contributors who's going to help you in that journey calls it quits now i'm not calling him a quitter no from the standpoint of you know uh you just didn't want it bad enough son you weren't tough enough no i mean he's got some legitimate health concerns and if you're gonna you know make some money as an unproven you know unproven as an uncommon commodity in the nfl more power to you, you know, but for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. That, that'd that be hell mentally on a team.
0: Well, what the hell was going on with our defense?
2: What do you mean that they got? They played?
0: actually look like a defense.
2: Yeah, you saw guys, you know, playing team defense, hustling. Uh, Luke Gifford and Ben Stille; those guys are never going to confuse, be confused for Lawrence Taylor. But they're going to play, you know, they're going to play well enough to at least make some hustle plays.
1: When, this is, I wish I would have done research because I would have loved to know the answer to this, but when was the last time that a non-ranked, you know, two and six opponent went into the horseshoe and won the turnover battle? Because that when was it huge. It would have been
2: like Illinois in 2007 with Juice Williams. All right. Wow. That'd be my best, guess. I they mean, don't they don't lose often at home.
1: No, they don't. And they don't
2: lose often at home to unranked teams.
0: I, I, I Hell, would. they don't even lose, the bastards.
2: Yeah, they don't. <laughs> not often.
0: Especially since that Urban Meyer dude came along.
2: Okay, I just want to... Can we talk about this for a second? How great was it? And I, I don't mean... I'm not poking fun at his arachnoid cyst because that's, that's a man's health issue, you know. I separate my hatred of Urban Myers, as a coach from who he is as a person, even though who he is as a person is up for some serious debate these days. How great was it to see him panicking a little bit on the sideline, gripping a little bit, you know?
0: <laughs> oh, good. He did He did kind of have some good moments of, you know, the, the drop his hands to his knees and face down kind of thing.
2: Yeah, He had one moment where, he, you know, he, his jaw just dropped and he was looking around just absolutely shocked. Like I did as a kid on Christmas morning when I unwrapped a Game Boy Color.
1: <laughs>
2: Old school. <laughs> you know, like, I, I mean, I can't stand Urban Meyer. He's, he's a good coach, but I can't stand the guy. And I, I hope he's around at Ohio State long enough for Nebraska to get a win against him.
1: He looked... Pack
2: that pelt up on the wall.
1: It was really fun to see him look lost. And at times, I think that's the best word that could be used to de- to describe, uh, you know, his, his sideline mannerisms. He just didn't know how to how to stop Nebraska. Both, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, at the at the end of the day, you know, they got the win. Um, but for I think much longer than he anticipated, that game was in serious doubt, and there was nothing for sure for Ohio State. You know, until that final, uh, you know, possession or final, final whistle or horn or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so I, I just like the fact that he looked uncomfortable uh, because I'm sure that they thought, ah, Nebraska two and six coming in and and oh, they beat Bethune Cookman. Oh, uh, we're going to take care of business. See our nice, you know, all black uniforms. We're ready it's to looked go. Like
2: shit, by the way.
1: Yeah, they did. Uh, so it, it was just, it was. Fun to, it, it was fun to, to see him look uncomfortable, and it was really, really great in my opinion to hear the course of boos at, as the teams went uh, to the locker room at halftime because those Ohio State fans were booing the home team because oh, they, at they, that they, point I
2: was fired
1: up. Yeah, they could not, they could not believe that Nebraska, who the, two years ago when Nebraska. Uh, played at, at Columbus and Tommy Armstrong got you know his bell rung and you know what, what was it sixty two to three or something like that the final score they probably anticipated something like that oh they've got a young quarterback they've got young uh, you know uh, uh, skilled players they have a sketchy you know play in the offensive and defensive lines their defense has been inconsistent we're probably going to mow them over and then Nebraska played like a team and it was. Glorious.
2: Play it as a team. And you know what I started to notice a little bit during that game? They had some sauce to them, some swag mm-hmm. and they were playing with juice. There's a little bit of that. It's just kind of this kind of swashbuckling mentality where it's just like, we don't give a shit about you. We're going to come out here and we're going to play our brand of football and we're going to do what needs to be done. And, That was great to see. It's a little bit intangible, but it was was great to see a Nebraska team on the road against a highly ranked opponent not be intimidated. When it went to halftime and they showed the teams walking to the locker room and I think the Davis twins were kind of jawing at some of the Ohio State players, I was just kind of thinking to myself, yeah, talk shit. You earned the right with the way you played in that first half. Talk some shit, you know. Go out there and have some fun. You know, just let it all hang out. And the sooner, you know, when you pair that mentality with continuing to get better in practice, coaches, you know, get better because that's a work in progress as well. And then you're recruiting and then you're, you know, bringing in more talent. That that mindset, that's what separates the good teams. Uh, Nebraska, the 90s had that mindset. Alabama. Has that mindset at times, but sometimes hell, Alabama looks bored, just going on these joyless murder sprees throughout the SEC and the rest of college football. Um, the Oklahoma mentality under Barry Switzer—that was an outlaw mentality where they—they're gonna show up, talk shit, break your heart, you know, walk out of there with a win. And I want to see Nebraska develop that kind of mindset, just you know, a dirtbag mindset.
1: John, uh, a word that Haas mentioned there uh, at the beginning was juice. I still like the term fire. But what what what's your uh, take on juice? What's your favorite? Is it prune? Oh my god.
0: <laughs> wow. it's V8 juice. It goes <laughs> in the red beer.
2: Oh, you drink red beer?
0: Gross. Well, not very often. Yeah, I tell you what, it's I'm been a, it's been a, been a while going
2: since some coolers, man.
1: It has been a while since I had some red beer. Um it's, it's not bad. It's it's I, I'll tell you what red beer, here you go. This is one for you, hoss. Red beer with some chili over a cinnamon roll. Mm, that tastes like Nebraska. Well, red beer red, red beer, beer. red
2: beer, red beer can make Coors beer. Light drinkable. <laughs> I I can't I can't do red beer. I just no, no. Eleven a.m. kickoffs, orange juice, and Coors Banquet. Now that there's a cocktail, you mean mixed together? Oh yeah, try it sometime. You'll be surprised.
1: I think John's thinking the same thing I'm thinking. It takes a, a hell of a lot of orange juice to make quarters banquet tolerable.
2: Yeah, the trick the trick is quarter orange juice, three quarters banquet in a glass. I, I mean, I'll be I'll be drinking one on my way down to the Nebraska game on Saturday. I won't be who's, behind
0: the. Who's I heard be of this?
2: The, you know, so I,
0: Where did you come up with this?
2: Uh, well, here's the thing. A few years ago, I was at a restaurant in Kansas City called The Brick. Kind of a, it's kind of a yuppie type brunch place. And they had the, you know, they're serving mimosas. And then I was looking through the menu and they had this thing called a manmosa. And I'm like, what the fuck's a manmosa? That was Boulevard wheat and orange juice. So I ordered one. I thought, hey, that's pretty good. I bet it tastes even better with Coors Banquet. So when football season rolled around that year, opening day against BYU, I sat down, started watching the 11 a.m. games and decided, hey, I have some orange juice, I have some Coors Banquet, let's see how it works. And it's delicious. Now, the trick is you can only have about three of them or else your heartburn is going to kick in.
0: Yeah, I don't touch orange juice. And there's something about it that just... Uh
2: Probably why you well, you work.
0: know what? You know what? Let's face it. When you get older, your body reacts to different foods differently. Okay, orange juice turns me into a gaseous blimp. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> that,
2: well, what's the Thunderbird wine do to you?
0: Uh, it just turns me into the souse I was this weekend. But I, <sighs> I you know, know, we switched. The rotten son came home for the weekend, and he gave me plenty of crap about the Ohio State game. And then we turned on Minnesota Illinois. Oh, oh, you had some Uh, fun,
2: did you?
0: Well, he had been complaining. I mean, seriously, he'd been complaining for like two, three weeks that Minnesota needed to get rid of their defensive coordinator. And uh, that game was just, it was terrible. I felt bad for him, honestly. Because I think, you know, the thing is, is at least he'll sit down and watch football with me. So I don't want to ruin him too much.
2: But, uh, they, I, what was it they
0: had four plays of over 65 yards? Illinois. All right,
2: so we're going to have seven plays over
0: 65 yards.
1: Oh, no, I think he was saying that, uh, Illinois, Illinois
2: had four did that on, to Minnesota. On Minnesota. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, yeah, it was 55
0: 31. I'm an idiot. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a just horrible big play, big play, big play. I mean, ugh. But, uh, Hey Illinois! I mean, we might as well go to them,
1: right? That's a natural transition in the uh, conversation. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you uh, know, a lot they... of people are finally going to get their wish come their wish to come true of finally seeing the left-handed Cam Newton start a game in Memorial Stadium. AJ <laughs> Bush. Yeah, I'm being horribly sarcastic. I know a lot of people who thought, including, uh, well, not personally. I don't know that. I feel like Chris Farley and billy madison there um who like bo staff thought they had found the left-handed cam newton in aj bush really yeah
0: well he's
2: not was it four (laughs) schools in five years i mean yeah i thought i was rough going from metro to uno you know as a transfer student
0: Hey, Illinois doesn't look – I mean, at the beginning of this year, you were kind of like, okay, last year they were a young team, and you made all these excuses for them. And, and, you know, if I read the Illinois sites, I read our other SB Nation sites, and I try to step on our opponents, at least some. I mean, a lot of it was they're young. Uh, the team was terrible before then, before Levy Smith arrived. It'll take them time to build. But they don't really look like they've come far this year.
2: See, the thing is, though – I've been impressed with the kind of players that Illinois brings in. Um, you got St. Louis, not far away from Champaign. you got Chicago, you know, just up the road. You're in close proximity to the Delta down south, you know, Memphis, where a lot of players come out of. Like, that could be a sleeping giant job in college football with the right coach, you know, who can recruit and is innovative, you know, offensively or defensively. And I've been impressed, like, Three years ago, when we lost to them in Champagne, that D line they had with like uh, Dwayne Smoot and Chunky Clements and uh, Carol Phillips, like that was a really good defensive line. And Hardy Nickerson Jr. playing linebacker for them. And this, like last year when we beat them twenty-eight to six, I thought they had a lot of good young talent. And you see flashes of it this year. Like I don't think Lovey Smith is this terrible coach that a lot of people paint him out to be i think he could actually given enough time turn illinois into being respectable
1: i it's it's funny that you mentioned that game three years ago because that was uh, on november 7th and i know that because it popped up in uh, my facebook memories because my wife and i were at that game and we were not we she was pregnant with our son i was just there um you know i did my part I, I, you, you know what i mean yeah, babies are born and your mommy loves the daddy and all that other stuff anyway um, <laughs> but last year uh, she and my boy stayed home it was the friday night game and uh, oh god I, and i was there and and i you know i got some pictures i i'll say this going to a football game in illinois or at illinois you know memorial stadium is a fun experience uh, the band keeps the student section involved. Uh, But at the same time, I was, you know, the first year we went, I was, you know, my wife and I were front row. We were front row in the same damn corner of the end zone where Illinois threw the game-winning touchdown. So, yeah, I saw it. I was pissed. Um, But uh, slightly, I don't want to say slightly worse seats, but just different seats last year. And, uh, you know, still, it's a good environment. Hey, if you're one of those people who, you know, wants to you know try to make it to an away game at every you know Big Ten conference opponent. Uh, go to Illinois; you'll have a you'll have a good time. Um, I don't know where I was going. You you,
0: you might have been uh, you might be the fifth or sixth person in human history to ever say that.
2: Hey, I'm, all I'm saying is, if I was a college football what, what, coach, what, what, one day, what, Lord what? willing, I would take the Illinois job. Really? Yeah, I would. I could be a sleeping giant. You recruit the piss out of Chicago. You're in good shape right there. St. Louis, Memphis, New Orleans, See, Milwaukee, Detroit.
1: Can, can I? Can I chime in? I don't know necessarily that Chicago's the hotbed of football.
2: That's more of a basketball town. Then you got the lax bros on the north side, but uh, there's still talent that comes out of Chicago.
1: Um, he. he... There are two <laughs> Illinois kids who ended up in Nebraska that I don't know if, you know, three. I mean, I'm thinking of the Southern kind Illinois you
2: Christian Gaylord?
1: No, 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 no. Uh, three in recent memory that ended up at Nebraska. Jordan Westerkamp, who yep. at, at the time was a, a state record holder for receptions or something like that. Um, Vincent Valentine and Tanner Farmer, all from Illinois. I don't know if any of them even got a sniff at at Illinois. So, I, I, don't get me wrong. I'm glad they all ended up at Nebraska. And, and truth be told, I wish that Vincent would have ended up at anywhere but New England uh, for his pro career. Um, got cut. Well, that makes me sad. But he did get a Super Bowl with them, and that you know, I wish he would have got the ring and the team would have imploded. I don't know. Um,
2: Better watch yourself, Greg.
1: <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I don't think Illinois is very good at recruiting in-state talent um i don't
2: think they are either
1: and and i'm not sure i mean i don't know uh i think there's more there's plenty of good athletes in illinois i just don't know where they're all going uh aside from the ones that we've talked about that went to nebraska um anyway uh i'll tell you what if
2: i ever get a job at illinois you guys can come do the uh champagne room podcast
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure I'll still be doing the five heart podcast.
2: Uh, I expect nothing less. I'll I'll still, I'll do some appearances.
1: You'll still be the guest. You'll be like, Hey, uh, so here's, uh, Haas. He's an assistant coach that we can't mention. Uh, tell us about uh, your team and, uh, any inside information we we might have against uh, the matchup this week with Nebraska. And you'll lay it all out there because you're a loyalist.
2: That would be so weird to coach against Nebraska one day. I mean, do my job, get paid, you know, be upwardly mobile in the ranks. But, man, that would be weird. And that would take a stroke of luck to get into college football.
1: And and I wonder, just as a side note to that, I mean, look at every professional athlete. I mean, any of them from, you know, I'll say say baseball, basketball, football, because hockey is so international with, you know, the – Scandinavian countries or Nordic countries, things like that. But, you know, if you are from, let's say, the Chicago area, there's a good chance that you grew up a Bears fan, but you might not end up playing for the Bears. And so what does that do mentally, you know, when when uh, you, you come in as a member of the Minnesota Vikings or something like that? I mean, I guess it's all business forward, and I'm probably, you know, putting too much thought into it, but that's what I do. It's, it's late on a Wednesday night, and uh, I feel like rambling. So I'm, I, I'm very good at that. <coughs> Um. So, Illinois, they, I've got their schedule pulled up. They have not won a game uh, since the first week of October. It was a 38-17 win uh, against Rutgers. They've gone on to have losses against Purdue. Wait. What? They haven't
2: won since the first week of October.
1: Wait a minute. Scratch that. They won last week against Minnesota. Yes,
2: they did. Uh, cause I, no, I was going to say, they haven't won since the first week of October, and I'm over here sit- crowning their asses like they're the 85 Bears.
1: No, okay, so let, let's let's run it down real fast. This is what we do. Uh, they beat Kent State opening week uh, 31-24. They beat uh, Western Illinois in uh, the second week 34-14, lost to South Florida 25-19, lost to Penn State 63-24, beat Rutgers 38-17, then losses uh, to Purdue, Wisconsin, and Maryland by 30. Wisconsin was by 29, and Purdue was by 39. Uh, then, as we mentioned, and thank you for correcting me, they beat Minnesota last week 55-31, and this weekend they venture to our fair state and the third largest city in the state of Nebraska on a college football Saturday,
0: Memorial Stadium, is the site. A nice,
2: brisk, football <laughs> weather, cold November Saturday.
0: Where they haven't won since 1924.
2: And it ain't happening Saturday. It's not
0: going to happen Saturday. No, I I just, they, they just don't look like an improved team. They don't look like they're making a headway. I mean, they have Reggie Corman as a playmaker on offense. Who else do they have? That's more than I know. (laughs)
2: Left-handed Cam Newton.
0: That's pretty silent.
2: (laughs) You know what I mean? They just,
0: they don't, we have like one guy to key on and that kind of is it. I don't
1: okay so this is this is what happens i i went to google i typed in illinois football it brought up you know the recent games and the remaining games and i clicked for all the games so that so i was able to pull up their entire schedule from there i clicked on players and only two players only two players have pictures that's what google <coughs> thinks about the illinois football team mike dudek can't forget about him he's a Speedy little uh, receiver and linebacker Drew Murtog, who looks like he's 17 years old,
0: but is probably their best good. linebacker. Yeah, he's 21. This, it, Mike Dudek is is gone. Are you sure? Because he pulled. He, yeah, he, he was. Uh, didn't he? He had a. Uh, cause
2: yeah. He was. Like, he was the guy he that
0: he, he was the guy that was their big playmaker, and he uh, had like. What was it, injured last year? And then he got injured at the beginning of the season against Kent State this year. Well, so he's injured. And I'm not, he's gone. He's not, he's, I, well, I don't want to say he's gone, but he's he's not playing this season. So <laughs> they have a linebacker that looks like he's 17 and Reggie Corbin and A.J. Bush. Let's not forget about A.J. Bush. It's just, yeah, that's not really a whole lot here going on with Illinois football. I, I'm, I'm surprised that AJ Bush is only
1: 22 because that's a name that you know. It feels like he's been around college football enough that he should be taking classes with Hawes.
2: I know, man. <laughs> I mean, he, his first year in college football was a full year before I went back to school.
1: It it boggles my mind. Um, like you said, you he's know, on
2: the major Applewhite plan.
1: He, he's almost on the, you know, let's go do a, a three-year mission and then go to BYU plan because, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I I guess we'll see. Was it
2: Nebraska for two seasons, 14 and 15, Iowa Western 16, Virginia Tech in 17, and now Illinois in 18. It's a lot of transcripts.
0: That is, a, <laughs> that's a lot of moving around.
2: Yeah. Damn. Well, should we offer some predictions?
0: Let's
1: do it. Let's get out of here, uh, and let's start with John. Damn Johnston.
0: Well, <laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't really see. Okay, I don't see Illinois scoring a lot if our defense. here's the thing. The only way Nebraska, I think, loses this game is is if we come out and we do exactly what other teams look at us and they go, "Yeah, this is not that good a team," and we play flat, or our special teams is terrible. I mean, we gave up 16 points basically on seven, on special teams to Ohio State, so right there was the ball game. But uh, I, I, you know what? I'll go with the reversal of the the Minnesota score, 55 to 31. Except that I don't know how they're going to score a 31. If our defense plays like they did last week. All right, Haas.
2: You know, I'm I'm feeling pretty good offensively, obviously. I think the defense will continue to show some improvement. I think there might be a few gaffes still from us defensively. I'm gonna go sixty three twenty one. And the, prime, the pump just keeps getting primed to drop half a hundred on Iowa.
1: I can't wait. Uh, we're going to have to figure out re- recording schedule around that week as well, with it being Thanksgiving. and uh, uh, Friday is going to be tough. Friday that week, that's my wife's birthday, and she was initially supposed to work Thanksgiving night, which means she'd come home and sleep and I'd be able to watch the game, but now she's not working Thanksgiving night, so I might have to uh, – uh, participate in, in something birthday – you know, I, don't, I think – all right, she's not going to listen, so here's the plan. I'm going to give her a, a, for her birthday a massage, and I'm going to try to set it up for that day. She can get out of the house and, you know, be, be gone for a couple hours. Me and the boy can watch Nebraska beat Iowa. It'll be glorious. Half a hundy. Half a hundy. Uh, with that in mind, Barrett Pickering's going to have a field goal. And Nebraska will score fifty-nine points. Illinois will score twenty-four, and Nebraska is gonna get one game closer to that five and seven bowl.
2: I like it. Hey, yeah, let's get Colorado in the Foster Farms Bowl.
1: I like it. Um, you think they give it? I've heard this debated on uh, on our. our you know, former friends, still lovers, uh, big red cobcast. Would sure they give is. us Colorado if, if since we play Colorado in the regular season this year and next year? Would you Would, know, they, would they do that like they did with us uh, with Washington a few years back?
2: I was just about to say we got screwed with the whole Washington thing, having to see their asses three times in less than a calendar year. I hope they give us Colorado because if we play like we've been playing the past few weeks, we could kick their ass.
1: Give them something to think about for next year when it matters.
2: Yeah. And then go into Boulder and drop half a hundred on them again, or, or the smoke that you see coming out of Boulder after we drop half a hundred won't be the town burning down from upset Buffs fans. It'll just be the indifference of uh, Colorado fans going home and smoking a joint.
1: Or it might not be half a hundred, but it might be six tenths of a hundred. You never know.
2: Yeah. Let's hit 69 points. 69 Could Colorado
0: play last week?
2: They I'm played on it. Um, Arizona, I believe.
1: They're uh, – that kid uh, – No, uh, wait. Yeah, Arizona, and they and they won that one. But remember, this is a Colorado team that lost to Oregon State a couple weeks back
0: in overtime. Well, they're missing that – what's the kid's name? The big-time receiver.
2: LaVisca Chenault.
0: yeah. I think he was out. And then uh, Jay McIntyre suffered his third concussion of the season. I think it That's wasn't. Against, it sucks. It, I mean, he it wasn't even head contact. I don't know if you guys watched that game, but he got hit on a pass. And, I mean, he just got hit so freaking hard that he basically – hit the ground hard. I mean, he just flipped kind of and smashed his head into the ground. It was, I don't know, man. You watch sports sometimes, you go, what the hell am I doing here? Well, It's a Colorado (sighs) team that
1: hasn't won since October 6th when they beat Arizona State 28-21, the the fighting Herm Edwards. Uh, They've lost to USC, Washington, Oregon State, and and Arizona. And they are uh, taking on number 8, Washington State this weekend. So, uh, their road's not easy either. I mean, they, they're they just on the verge, really, of a bull eligibility as well. So you
2: never know. Yep. See you in San Francisco, Buffs.
1: Well, that'll do it. Our predictions are locked, and uh, it's like deal or no deal. It's our final decision. And that is it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. We've had a lot of fun. Uh, creating it for you. Hopefully, you've had fun enjoying it uh, at home, at work, in the car, wherever you enjoy podcasts. And I encourage you, if you haven't yet, to subscribe uh, via your favorite podcast app, be it Apple podcast or Google Play or Stitcher, Podbean even. Or you can always uh, just check out uh, the. I, I, I want to send you to coordination.com, but until support and I get together and we find a working embedded player. Uh, I'm just going to keep putting the links out there, and you just click your favorite one, and, and you'll still be able to hear the show from your uh, PC if that's your uh, preferred method of listening. Uh, but that'll do it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. My name is Greg Mahochko, and as always, joined by Hoss Reuter and our fearless leader, John Damn Johnston. And we remind you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need.
2: Go Big Red! Win the damn game.